I'm really glad to be back in this country again. I love this country, in spite of the fact that I'm told I'm the one with the accent. So what can I say? So when I was here 18 months ago, we were starting to get information that DTI was coming, a new way of doing brain scans, and it was going to help us understand more about the connectivity between different parts of the brain. And I'm sure you already know that I love the new stuff. I like the old stuff, too, to build on, but the new stuff is great. And now we really have that out in print, so we'll be talking about that today, uh, this morning. Tonight, it's about the new research on how differently the male and the female brain responds to stress. And that's almost as exciting. Because every one of you females in this room has probably felt stressed about something. And some well-meaning but unenlightened male said something like, it's not that bad, just get over it. <laughs> it is that bad for your brain. And the new, new research that just came out middle of August is about how you talk to yourself to make sure you're successful. And I'll try to combine that tomorrow night with the stress piece. We were going to do that last night at the high school, and somehow we got our wires crossed. And he didn't think I was coming until 2020, so what can I say? <laughs> All right, let's go. Some of you have seen this before. It's called the Who I Am Pyramid because I believe these are the five things people need to know about themselves in order to manage their life by design. And when I was here 18 months ago, we knew there was a 50-50 brain. We didn't know that much about it. Now we know physiologically what that means, and we'll, and we'll talk about that Thursday night. So we call this first layer you know, the gender differences layer, basically, and it is foundational. If you don't know what kind of brain you've got in terms of gender, it can be a little confusing. So let's jump into this. We've known for decades, well, probably ever since Hector was a pup, that the male brain and the female brain were somewhat different. But we haven't known exactly the specifics so in large sample studies, before we got brain scanning equipment, we knew that males outperformed females in some tests and some parameters, and females outperformed males in others. <clears throat> Not everybody recognizes that. I was asked to speak to the National Association of Women in the United States once. Because their premise is, if you're female, anything my brain can do, anything your brain can do, my brain can do better. That's absolutely erroneous. Gender differences studies come out in bell curves. So yes, there will be some women who can do some things better than some males. And some males who can do some things better than some females that don't really match the stereotype. But in general, we're getting more and more information about that, and it comes out in what we call generalizations. So just as a reminder, there's the bell curve. Two-thirds of the population's taken is involved in those first two standard deviations, one on either side of the mean. And then the other third kind of gets broken up 
you know, a, a part of it's here and those brains don't resemble the research quite as closely but then you come out here and it resembles it more closely even than the middle continuum so the only way I know to really start doing this is to talk about the generalizations and if I say something and your brain says oh, mine isn't exactly like that it might not be because individuality sometimes trumps generalizations <clears throat> but it's a good place to start so before we got the new research traditional wisdom identified that the male brain does some things better at a more skillful level than female brains and certainly reading maps and direction finding is one of them there are some men who cannot find their way out of a paper bag but the majority of them actually do it much better than the typical female and spatial abilities using muscles so that when you look at the Olympics for example the there will be categories of sports that are the same for males and females but the criteria differ you know males are held to a higher standard because they've got three times the upper body strength any of you gentlemen ever want to open a door for me I'll be delighted <laughs> twice the lower body strength you want to carry my luggage I'll be ecstatic so they can do um, they have more muscle per per body weight that's something that isn't fair because not only do males wrinkle in terms of their skin 10 years later than we do not fair but their bodies are usually a minimum of about 40% muscle tissue which burns more calories even when it's sleeping so women cannot eat as much as a comparable sized male it's much easier for them to gain weight and much harder for them to lose it so listen up women <laughs> just avoid putting it on because it's twice as hard to take off for us one of the things that we also know about the male brain is that they're more skilled drivers all right they've got 14% more accidents per mile driven but they are more skilled drivers and the reason they have more accidents is because they're not as verbal as females and when one of the protective emotions in the right hemisphere surfaces anger fear sadness instead of talking about it they go out hop into a vehicle and do exhibition of speed somewhere and get in an accident but it's not because they're not more skilled drivers innately oh and by the way um, males tend to see better in daylight hours I mean the Indy 500 they try to get that done in daylight oh by the way how many women are on the Indy 500 circuit one one has she ever won no it's just amazing she's doing amazingly well you'd have to say she's outside the bell curve but she can't at least yet have approached the skill of the male drivers women see better at night so if a male and a female are going on a trip together let him drive in the daytime and let her drive at night because she will see better now traditional women says that females are better at verbal tasks and they are statistically 
When you do hundreds of thousands of IQ tests, the average scores are the same for males and females. But now you look at the section scores and there's a huge difference. Anything to do with verbalization, you know, readings, synonyms, homonyms, antonyms, word problems, women outscore males hands down. But now you come to the spatial stuff. And you see a question that says, look at this figure. Now, look at these five. Pick the one that's just like that when only you're looking at it upside down and backwards. And women go, what? You know, and males just answer it and go on. And they consistently outscore women in that part. All right, so uh, anything else? Oh, and um, memory and intuition. You know, if your wife tells you that 40 years ago you said such and such, you probably did. <laughs> and you'll have no recollection of it. <laughs> so you might want to be careful what you say. Because it could come back to be served to you at dinner 40 years later. <laughs> now, intuition, when you look at my face as a clock, 12, 6, 9, 3, two lines, there's your four chunks of gray matter. Intuition is up in the right frontal lobe. So males and females have good access to intuition if they choose to do so. But because of the way the brains are wired, which we will talk about in the next slide, women have what's called a sixth sense of intuitive knowing. And there's an expanded sense of intuition. The problem is, since males don't have it, they don't understand it. So they'll say to a woman... Uh, or she'll say to him more likely, you know, I just got this feeling that we should not do that. And the typical male will say, well, why? Well, the brain cannot answer the question why, period. It can just give you some idea of the thought process it went through. But because the male brain can give you the steps its brain went through for anything it's talking about, they expect that from the female brain, and there's never going to be a printout, ever. <laughs> printout doesn't exist. So when he says, give me the steps, and she can't do that, he discounts her intuition. You might want to look at that again. Because if a woman has really strong intuition about something, you might want to check it out. All right, so enter DTI, which is pretty exciting. It's called Diffusion Tensor Imaging, and it's a special brain scanning technique that can outline the path of these myelinated axons. If you've taken biology, you know that here's the drawing of one neuron. Cell body, here's the end of the axon. The axon's the largest projection, and some of you who are way taller than I am have axons that, oh, I met somebody a couple days ago who was six foot seven. I practically got a crick in my neck trying to talk to him. So he's got axons at least six feet, six inches long. You know, I'm lucky if I've got one five feet long. But it's there, they can be amazing. Lots of little fingers around, you know, just like your hand. And the more fingers you have, the more 
likely it is that you can exchange information with a, with multiple neurons. You can you can probably have ten thousand fingers on a neuron if you have an enriched brain. And then you see up here the equivalent of this. There would be another neuron there. And now these dendrites are connecting with that. And that's how you talk across the synapse. So these, the axons are myelinated. Do you know what that means? Up and down means yes. Okay, a couple of you are either sleeping or you know. <laughs> the two. <laughs> so the brain has to be paved or wrapped with insulation. Think fiber optics. And that's a long process. It's probably not done in the brain and nervous system until late 20s, maybe as late as 30. And until this is wrapped with myelin, think of it as either fiber optics or the brain's asphalt the information doesn't go quickly. But since myelin is whitish, there's a difference in color between the two hemispheres of the brain. And some of you already know that. Your brain's about the size of your two fists, thumbs together. Put a gray glove on your left hand. That's the color of the left hemisphere. Put a white glove on your right hand. And that's the color of the right hemisphere because there's many more of those long axons in the right hemisphere. And that color is regardless, irrespective of skin color. I was in Birmingham, Alabama not too long ago and a young man came up to me whose brain wasn't done yet. And he said, what color is your brain? I said, Put a gray glove on your left hand and a white glove on your right hand, and that's the color of the brain. And he goes, uh, you have a different skin color from me. And I looked at him and I said, oh, so I do. Well, he says, what color is my brain? I said, put a gray glove on your left hand and a white glove on your right hand. He goes, but our skin color's different. And I said, I got that. But the brain isn't different in color. So maybe if we got that, we'd be a little less sensitive about color, of which I have none. It was hysterical. I was in a room with probably 3,000 people. I stuck out like a candle that was lit. <laughs> but that's okay. So DTI indicate that some of the gender differences we've been seeing and knowing about reflect brain wiring differences. So let's see what we've got. So this is a picture of a connectome from the side. It's what we call a neural map because it's mapping those axons that connect with different parts of the brain. Every time you see a dot, then you can see a line to where else it's connecting. And because researchers are never satisfied with just looking at a few individual brains. They all, always want to compare. And certainly what's easier to compare than the population of male and female brains. So far, and um, Pennsylvania University has been doing some of these, so far they have established the connectivity between nearly 100 different regions of the brain. And some people say only 100? Yeah, but they haven't been doing it very long. I think that's really quite a bit. And no surprise, 
male brain and female brain are wired very differently. And therein probably lies the underpinning for many of the differences we see. So here's a side view of a male brain. Most of the connections, most of these long axons run top to bottom on either side, either hemisphere. Not many of them cross the two hemispheres. There's only one place where the male brain has more hemispheric connections than the female brain, and that's down here in the cerebellum that's linked with motor control. And researchers believe that's why they're more skilled drivers, that's why they're more skilled at Olympic sports that require muscles, and so on and so forth. Now, look at it looking down on the brain. You can see the cerebellum shadow behind that. And so you can see that they're pretty much running top to bottom except for this part with the cerebellum. Not good or bad, but it's very different. And they believe that accounts for spatial skills, motor control, map reading, direction finding, vehicle driving, and so on and so forth. So what this really does is give the male brain, in effect, two independently, somewhat independently operating brains, which is really great because it takes less energy to run the male brain. So if he's in one side, everything on the other side is idling. Not much going on. Lights are out, air conditioning's out, heating's off. You know, he's not in those rooms, so don't bother with it. So the male brain actually gets tired. Um, it doesn't get as tired as quickly as the equivalent female brain. So when you are experiencing joy, the left hemisphere lights up, male brain or female brain. And when you are experiencing the three protective emotions, anger, fear, and sadness, the right hemisphere lights up. Okay, remember that. Now we look at the female brain from the side. What looks different? Well, there's a whole lot that looks different. There's not much going up and down. But there's tremendous cluster going across, especially with the two frontal lobes. Look at it from the top down. Look at that. Accounting for verbal skills, intuitive abilities, memory tests, social cognition tests, and so on. So the biblical model, the scriptural model, is a male brain and a female brain together give you a whole brain that uh, replicates the characteristics of God to some degree. So you just need to be very clear that the male brain doesn't do this and the female brain doesn't do this, but together they have a collection of characteristics that you can find descriptive of the deity in scripture. So take a look at them side by side. Who knew? So here you've got all of these going up and down, uh, two independently operating brains, and now you've got this. So 
the brain differences only become apparent after adolescence, after puberty kicks in, which I think is another amazing thing. So up until puberty kicks in and you do DTI on young children, their brains look exactly the same. They got some going across and some going up and down. But once puberty kicks in, which has been set during gestation, and you begin to develop those external sex characteristics, men grow facial hair. Um, that's not something that women want to do. <laughs> they grow facial hair, but that's also how come they have fewer wrinkles. Because one of the researchers at Stanford said, just, just picture the male skin as, um, you know, reinforced concrete. You know, it's got all of those rods and stuff that go in there to to keep it strong and, and it, the skin doesn't sag and wrinkle like it does in women. Women's skin is much, much thinner, much softer, much more easily damaged. Brain sex says this. Oh, and so since, did I tell you this last time I was here that reading aloud 10 minutes a day is an anti-aging strategy? Does anybody remember that? I may not have... I did say that. All right. How many of you are reading 10 minutes aloud every day? So I come all the way over here to give you the latest research. And 18 months later, one person is doing it. Hmm. Okay. I'll tell you. It's anti-aging, and I have decided since I was here that I'm living to be at least 122 years, 164 days. Go ahead and chuckle. That's what I'm aiming for. And I'm going to get farther if I aim higher. Because that's how long Jean-Louis Calment lived in Arles, south of France. I mean, if she can do it, I can do it. So, you know, reading out loud 10 minutes a day. If we had time, I'd give you the brain scan research for that. But read out loud with me today. Maybe you'll get part of a minute. Protective emotions are in the right hemisphere. Speech is on the left. Females can express emotions in words more easily a larger corpus callosum bridge that allows for greater information exchange between the two hemispheres. It is more difficult for males to express emotions verbally due to a smaller corpus callosum. Not good or bad, right or wrong. But that smaller corpus callosum is what also helps to have the male to have two independently operating brains. So if he is in a joyful place in his life and happens to be in the left hemisphere and he feels good about something, he can talk about it easily because Broca's area is in the left frontal lobe and that's the hemisphere that contains joy. But if he happens to be in the right hemisphere involved with a protective emotion, anger, fear, sadness, he'll feel the emotion just as deeply sense it just as deeply as a female brain, but there's no language over there. There's gestures. Hmm. 
So somebody cuts you off on the highway and uh, rolls down the car window. It will be on this side, won't it? Yeah, okay. And sticks their arm out the window and flips you off with the bird. What, what side of the brain are they using? None. <laughs> <laughs> Who asked you? <laughs> yeah, they're using one side of the brain, but they're using the side of the brain that gestures how they feel. It's not verbalized. But supposing somebody, you cut somebody off and they roll down the window and stick their head out and start screaming obscenities at you. What side of the brain are they in? If they're male, they're in the left side where speech is. It won't matter if they're female. But females aren't quite as prone to do that behavior. By the same token, this is where couples get really mixed up. He's in the right side of the brain doing something with the lights on and the AC and everything's idling on the other side. And his wife or his girlfriend or some woman says to him, can you come and help me do this? I want to hang this picture and I'd like you to measure and pound the nail in. All right, that's a frontal left function. In order for, and, and so he'll usually say, when I'm done with what I'm doing now, if he's in the right side of the brain, he doesn't want to cross this little one-lane highway turn everything off, lights, AC in the right hemisphere, cross the highway, turn everything on in the left hemisphere, takes about seven seconds, and now he's ready to help her. So he'll typically say, when I'm done doing this, and without understanding the brain, she'll go, well, why can't you leave that and come and help me now? Well, he could, but it's like walking into an entirely different part of the house. So he'd rather finish everything there. And so they can argue about that. Well, you don't care about me because you can't come and help me. And he goes, and you can't let me finish what I'm doing. But she doesn't understand the reason. So if you understand women and you want him to do something for you that's easier for him to do, write a list and post it by the door. And when he's in that side of the brain, he'll do it for you. Gentlemen, don't milk that. You don't want her bugging you to do it now. You know, when you're in that side of the brain, do the task. I know brain men who say, well, I'm never in that side of the brain. And I think, no, you aren't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's another one. Read aloud with me. The female brain processes more emotive stimulants through more senses and more completely than does the male and verbalizes emotive information quickly. Boys can sometimes take hours to process emotively and manage the same information as girls. Oh, I got that down there twice. Hmm, Got carried away with verbalization, didn't I? (laughs) Oh, well. So here's the problem. You know, something will happen and boys and girls, teenagers are involved. And a woman will say to the girls, well, talk to me about it. And she'll immediately blather on. And you'll say to the boys, well, tell me what you think. Not a word. 
And now she'll badger him to say something because she doesn't understand. It can take him hours to process the same information if it involves emotion. So you need to remember this. You know, I raised three sons. I did a lot of things wrong because we didn't have the research. But I did some things right. So something would happen, and I'd say, I'd say to the three of them, well, we need to talk about it. I don't know when you're going to be ready to talk about it. It needs to be this week. But when you're ready to talk about it, come and talk to me, and we'll process it. And they would do that, but it would take different amounts of time. Sometimes one of them was ready the next day. Sometimes somebody wasn't ready until two days later. And this is another cross-gender problem because she'll, he'll come home from work. He'll say something like, I just got um, my vacation time. It's the first two weeks in September. We have to decide where to go. She opens her mouth and starts talking immediately because women come to conclusions by speaking aloud. As they hear themselves talking, they figure out what their brain wants to do. If they don't talk, they don't figure it out. But males are not like that. They process about the same amount of time, but it's silently and internally. So she'll just open her mouth and start talking. First two weeks in September, wow. You know, we could go to Australia. Hmm. But if we went to Australia, you know, the kids have been wanting to go to Disney World. We wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think Australia has a Disney World. Well, let's see. But then if we went to Florida, to Disney World, we wouldn't get to visit our relatives up in Montana. And she goes on like this. And 12 or 15 minutes later, (laughs) she'll have a conclusion. But she rarely gets there, and he rarely gets there, because after about 2.7 minutes, she realizes that she's the only one talking. And she says, Andy, are you part of this discussion? I mean, you're just sitting there. You haven't said a word. Talk to me. Well, if he knows anything about the brain, he'll talk to her, and this is what he'll say. My brain's still processing. When I've come to a conclusion, you'll be the first to know. (laughs) But he doesn't know that. So in order to get her off his back, because she doesn't know it either, he'll say something like, well, you know, I was sitting here thinking about Tibet. Tibet? Are you nuts? We're not going to Tibet. Well, I've always thought it would be kind of fun. Well, we're not going. That's ridiculous. And now they argue for the next 11 weeks about Tibet and never go on vacation. So it's really helpful to understand that difference. So you take 30 primates, males, you put them in a cage, wait for 24 hours, and they've got themselves rank-ordered 1 to 30 in a pecking order. And you can tell that by measuring the level of cortisol in the brain, which is secreted when you have a stressful event. And so it's the guy on the bottom that's got the highest levels of cortisol. Everybody's picking on him. And it's the guy at the top that's got the lowest level of cortisol. And it happens over and over and over again. They rank order, 1 to 30. 
And researchers couldn't understand the reason for that. Well, they think it's because of this top-to-bottom wiring, which is a very hierarchical type of arrangement. And so whoever's on the, whoever's on the top is the highest in terms of the hierarchy. And males would just as soon be at the top. Place 30 female primates in a cage. They never ever rank themselves 1 to 30. Doesn't happen. Instead, they have some little social groups. Maybe there's half a dozen social groups with five little primates in each one. There might be an informal leader in there, but they never rank order themselves. And researchers believe that that now has to do with the fact that all of the majority of the Connections are horizontal in the brain. And the corpus callosum axons are not only bigger in diameter, but there's a lot more of them. So it's easy for the female brain to just whip back and forth between those two sides. So therefore, we say that the female brain is like a trunk. There's a horizontal organizational chart which fits very nicely with this and here's a hierarchical organizational chart which fits very nicely in either side of the hemisphere and it's not good or bad but you better know about it so we've mentioned takes less energy to run I I mean less energy for the male brain to run because one side is idling more for the female to run because if any part of the brain is on it's all on Lights are on everywhere, whether you're in one of the four rooms, only in one room or two of those, of the hemispheres. Uh, 14% fewer accidents, but not because they're more skilled drivers. They drive fewer miles overall in their lifetime in general, and they're more tentative. They don't go out and do exhibition of speed when they get upset. Map reading, not so good because map reading is a a double frontal activity that is pictured and acted out by connections to the cerebellum. And there aren't a lot of connections down here to the cerebellum. Lots of connections here and across. And certainly a difference in the way they give and receive directions. And this is a problem. Not so much now that we've got GPS, but boy, it certainly has been a problem since Hector was a pup. So I walked into a gas station because I was lost, and I said to the young hunk in the gas station, "Um, I'm I'm lost. And he goes, well, where do you want to go? So I told him where I wanted to go. Oh, he says, "That's that's not hard. I'll tell you exactly how to get there. I said, good. He says, you go south for two and a half miles. And then you turn west for about three quarters of a mile. Back south for about half a mile. And then you go east just for a few hundred yards and you'll be at your destination. Okay, you told me to go south for two and a half miles. Which way is south? He looks at me like I've just been discharged from a mental hospital. He goes, you don't know which way is south? I said, no, sir, I don't, or I would already be going south. (laughs) Well, he says, you just go out here, and it's right there. That's south. 
I said, okay, so I go that way, two and a half miles, and then you told me to go west. Okay, now I gotta put myself in the map. Okay, north, south, east, west. Okay, I think that means I turn left. I mean, literally, he's looking at me like I have an IQ of seven. (laughs) That is not how the female brain does directions. The female brain does directions by site-specific objects. So he comes to me, and if I don't understand this, and says, I need to go such and such, I'll say, oh, I can tell you how to do that. Not a problem. You just go out here and take this road in front of us, and you'll be driving along, and you'll go through seven roundabouts in the States, we'd say seven set of signal lights, and and you look for the golden arches on the right. Oh, fine, he says. Um, but you don't, you don't turn there. You just know that you're on the right way. <laughs> now you keep going, and you'll see a big playground on the left. Just keep going. You know you're on the right road. His eyes are glazing over. And after about three more signal lights, when you come to a big bank, then you turn left. And you go down there until you come to a white picket fence. And you follow along the white picket fence. And when you come to the end, don't turn. You just know that you start looking and counting for the third driveway on the right. And I know he hasn't gotten it. He's going to leave me and he's going to go find a man who can give him (laughs) specific directions and so on and so forth. So it's not good or bad But the deal is that women, if you're giving males directions, it's really helpful if you've got some sense of north, south, east, and west. I know up and down. I'm really clear about up and down. But north, south, east, or west. So I try to at least know that in my own area where I live in North Carolina so that if a man stops and asks me, I've got some idea of where north is. And once I get north, I can, you know. And... If a woman asks you gentlemen for directions, starting with north, south, east, and west is not going to be helpful for most women because they don't have a clue. You know, the poor guy is probably still in shock back at the, at the garage because he couldn't believe I had no idea where south was. It didn't help when I said, well, I know where up and down is. So... Ever since Adam and Eve, we've had gender differences. But we're, no, we're learning more about them. You know, here's a drawing of the corpus callosum highway in the female brain, and there's the male brain. It's not good or bad, but it's really different. You know, that's, it's not all that much fun to drive on a one-lane highway, so of course men don't want to cross that unless they have to. But women have a five-lane freeway, come on. So they'll be doing something here. Remember something that isn't been done here. Easy to pop out on the highway and go work on this. But then they remember they didn't finish this, so they go back there. As one California highway patrolman said, you know, women spend a lot more time on the highway. And that may be part of the reason it takes more energy to run the female brain. So you have a choice. You can get upset with it. Or you can laugh about it because it's hysterical. And you can do what you can 
to, you know, communicate in a way that works for the opposite gender. Got it? Good. I'll see you tonight. We'll talk about stress. <laughs>